Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. On this episode, we discuss the career of Hans Zimmer. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is Anthony. And this is James. This is a little bonus episode we're going to do on our favorite composer, the great Hans Zimmer, who is an icon. This guy has done so many incredible films for the last four decades. He's an icon in, in the music world, especially in film, obviously. But, you know, he started in 80s pop music with Video K- Killed the Radio Star and then just worked his way into film. Yeah, he, he started out as, he just, um played keyboards for the Buggles, and he's in that the first ever music video ever played on MTV. And then he started uh, working in composition, and he was an assistant to a composer for a few years where he learned how to compose and write for music for film. And then he eventually started working in small films and writing scores, and then he made his way into big Hollywood movies. And Hans Zimmer is my favorite composer. I listen to his music more than any anything else, whether it be a band, musician, or like solo artist. Hans Zimmer is the 60% of what I listen to. Every year, he's my Spotify, like, most <laughs> listened to artists and, like, the Gladiator, Man of Steel, like, the yeah. most listened to albums. I listen to him every day, pretty much. And, you know, he's easily recognized as one of the most innovative and influential musical talents in the film world, in the industry. He's done over 150 films, 30-plus years of work. His catalog is intense. And so what makes Hans Zimmer such a great composer? And there are so many elements. I mean, he's like the master of things, themes. We're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, Gladiator, Interstellar, Inception, Last Samurai, Batman, Lion King, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman. He's done so many great big action films as well as other smaller films. I mean, he brings so much emotionality to the to the music for the films. He really understands characters. He develops in, uh, nuanced themes for every character in the film. He elevates the films he works on. He has a ton of flexibility he uh, really has this like dynamic style of modern fused with traditional music. Percussion is heavy with him. He's done every single genre, horror, sci-fi, drama, comedy, Romance. animation, kids' movies. Um, he basically changed modern film scoring, especially from a post-production element. He's replicated by tons of other c- composers, and I mean, he's in some of the best films of all time. Yeah, and also his use of technology has also been a huge thing, especially with the synths, and then also his, his craft is very much... Pr- and he is influenced by the story very much. Like, his music, it works so well with the characters, works so well with the story, because he infuses the real themes and the real meanings of the films and the actions into the music. And he's really he really tries to understand what the character is, what the plot is, what the themes of the, and ideas of the movie are, and translate that musically. And I, I think he is also incredibly adept at um, being culturally appro- accurate to... If he's making a a film like The Last Samurai using Japanese music and, you know, using gypsy music in the Sherlock movies and for Dune, which we are very excited about, he was influenced by a lot of Middle Eastern music. And so he uses cultural influences in his music to help tell his story. And for for me, Hans Zimmer is the only composer where I anticipate his score as much as the movie itself. You know, I love John Williams, but like, I'm not like... Itching to hear the next Star Wars score, you know what I mean. But whenever like there's a new Nolan movie out with the Hans Zimmer score, or, like with Dune itself, and or like a new superhero movie with with the Hans Zimmer score, I am so excited to listen to his music 
same as I'm as as watching the, the movie. movie yeah. yeah, it's Absolutely. crazy. I can't. Th- there's no other composer that does that for me. Yeah, and just going back to the way he like ele- elevates every film. I think the greatest example is probably Interstellar, where he created the theme before the movie was even shot, before it was filmed by Nolan. I mean, Nolan just wrote that short story about a man who has to say goodbye to his daughter for a mission, and it's about their relationship. And he didn't know it was about. Sci-fi. He didn't know it was about space travel. He had no concept of that at all. But he came with, up with that genius theme that's about the emotionality of the characters, and that's really what he draws to. He's he's so great at connecting us with the characters in the in the heart of the films. He also the same thing happened with the Thin Red Line. Terrence Malick um, had him make the score before he even shot the movie, and then Terrence Malick edited the movie to his score. So it's another another thing where he just has the screenplay and the ideas of the, of the film, and he crafts a masterpiece of music. Like, Thin Red Line is one of his best scores, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, if you're making a movie, like, who are you going to have to replicate or, or remake some of the greatest film scores or iconic That's a great point. themes of all yeah. time? I mean, he had to redo Batman. How do you do a new Batman movie? How do you do new Superman themes? How do you do all that? How do you create a Wonder Woman theme compared to the Superman uh, scores by John Williams, compared to um, Danny Elfman doing Batman theme, which is also excellent? So how do you, ha- how do you even try to top it or match those great themes? Obviously, you're going to tap Hans Zimmer to do it. Oh, yeah, he and he's just done everything, and it's... I've I've seen so many interviews of him and the way he, it's ironic because you wouldn't think it but he says that he's always terrified every project he works on and terrified that he's going to fail and he he always gets worried that he doesn't know what he's doing like he has this self-deprecating approach to his work but yet he still manages to craft something so unique every time something so memorable every time he is probably I would say the most influential composer of the last 30 years for sure hands down it's so many movies he's been a part of, and it's hard for composers to make music that people can recognize, especially in films. Like, what's what's like Iron Man's theme back in black, <laughs> ACDC or Iron Man? Exactly. <laughs> but you can think of Batman's theme. You can think of the Man of Steel theme. You can think of, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean theme. And the thing with Pirates is a lot of people think that, oh, why isn't he credited for the first album? What happened was Klaus Badelt was credited as the composer, and he did work on the film, but... Gore Verbinski wanted Hans to do the music, but Hans was still under negotiation with the contract with the previous film that disallowed him from making music for any other film for six months. So he wasn't allowed to technically lawfully make music for the movie. So he just on his own made the themes and then he and Klaus Padel, he produced the music and Klaus Padel was the composer. So even though he's not credited on the first Pirates movie, he made the Pirates theme. Yeah, and I know a lot of people I've talked to, and like they talk a lot of smack about Hans so Zimmer, and they yeah. talk about like he's not a great musician. He's just like he uses other people's talents. He's 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 kind of has all these other side writers. And I mean, first of all, every composer, their job is to basically curate an entire work of music. You know, they're not experts at cello. They're not experts at piano. They what they do is they surround themselves with the best musicians. And artists that they can find, and they have to create that standard, and they have the orchestra. But it's it's 
not as simple as like just because he's not the best musician in the room doesn't mean he's not a great composer because so much comes into it. There's a reason why he's like the best. It's You can't just have anyone curate all these themes and sounds. And yeah, I'm sure he's using a lot of work with other people. A lot of other musicians are helping him come up with the themes, but he's the one that's like pointing every idea in the right direction for the entire sound. And also other musicians uh, and composers adding, a di- it's called additional music to a score, has always happened. And I think that he just gets singled out as someone because people might be jealous of him. It's honestly, like TB Twelve, Tom they Brady, hate, they hate him because they ain't him. You know what I mean? And every composer does this, except for like John, John Williams and Alexander Desplat, who write, compose, and even conduct their own orchestras. But you know, Hans, you you can't deny. No one can write themes like Hans does. The themes he makes are so memorable for every movie, and he doesn't have a team making the themes for him. What the composers? They have such big projects. Like Giacchino does it. Like they all do it. They have people who help them out, fill in the little gaps of like, you know, 30 seconds of music there and like a minute of music there. And that is a common practice in the industry. Very common. Yeah, it's a huge, huge ordeal to take on the composition of a major Hollywood film. And also, I think people give him, make fun of him for the Inception Brahms. Yo, everyone copied that. Everyone copied that. You can't watch an action trailer for a movie without it ending with Brahms. Still to this day. And also. He's done a lot more than Inception. He's got uh, over 150 scores on his on his credit, and Inception is just one movie. I think people single that out, but he's done so much iconic music. Yeah, but I mean, his innovation is you is fusing classical competition with this new world of audio engineering, a lot of el- electric sounds and digital sounds, mixing, and he's probably the most influential composer of the 21st century. Not that John Williams hasn't done a lot of great work, but I mean, John Williams is getting up there, and he's done a lot of Star Wars movies. I mean, when you do nine movies in the same franchise that you know that fills up a lot of your filmography but nolan i mean for for hans he's really if you talk about a franchise he did three pirates movies i think and he did three the batman movies with with nolan and i mean he's so good he did the other batman movies he did batman dawn of justice and and so he's epic and he works with amazing directors like obviously famously he works with christopher nolan he works with both the scott brothers or worked i'm sorry rest in peace tony scott you know really scott movies tony scott movies Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer movies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. A ton of the films he's produced, Hans has done the music for. Ron Howard movies, Guy Ritchie movies, Zack Snyder movies, Denis Villeneuve movies, uh, Gore Verbinski movies. He works with some of the best directors of all time. Yeah, and I think that when you go through his filmography, his career... I would say that the biggest turning point was probably with Crimson Tide, which is a very underrated score. It's also a very underrated movie starring Gene Hackman and Denzel oh, yeah. Washington. 
And um, I think this is when he really started to play around with classical composition with a lot of new digital sound effects and everything. Because Crimson Tide, what year did that come out? That was 95. 95. Now, you're actually pretty right because with that movie, it's mostly made on a synth. Like 95% of that movie is synth. So that's definitely a great point. And even though the year before that he made The Lion King and that's what he won his Oscar for, but still that's a very classical composed movie. Yeah. Even films like True Romance, classical film, I mean, Thelma Louise, League of Their Own, he wasn't really too experimenting too much with the digital Yeah, Thelma and Louise was guitar mostly. But then he went straight into that. But it's not that he doesn't not only do it's not that he doesn't not do classical composition anymore because Gladiator in 2000 is a great example of him just sticking to pretty much classical comp composing. Let's go through his filmography. It's pretty intense. So his first major credit, so he made some small movies, but the first big one for him had, was Rain Man, starring Tom Cruise and um, Dustin Hoffman, and it's a terrific score. It's really catchy. It has that Hans way of pulling you in with an amazing theme. Really memorable. I love that movie, and the score makes it so much better. And that's really catapulted him. After that, he did Driving Miss Daisy with Morgan Freeman. And then Days of Thunder, another Tom Cruise movie, which he destroyed with a lot of electric <laughs> guitar. And then Thelma and Louise was a huge movie, his first collaboration with Tony Scott. Then we have Backdraft regarding Henry, A League of Their Own in 1992, Toys, True Romance in 1993. True Romance is really memorable. It's, what's that instrument Your, called? Xylophone? Is it a xylophone? Dun, 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 dun. But the You're So Cool theme is so good. Yeah. Cool Runnings, 93. Uh, cool Lion Runnings. King, Crimson but hold on, Slow down. Slow down. Oh, all right. <laughs> You're burning through this list. I love the Lion King score. He added so much. Like, so I'm talking about using the cultures where the story takes place. He uses so he used so many elements of African music, you know, African singers in that score. That's what really set it apart and really made him win that Oscar. The loyalty to that area in terms of what their music is like. Yeah, and then we already talked about Crimson Time, but let's talk about Broken Arrow. The theme of that oh, I yeah. still love. I love how he's not afraid to. I'm gonna use an electric guitar in this score where most people really aren't doing it anymore. He's he always still does yeah, it. He still does it. The Dune music has electric guitar in it. Yeah, and it's right, sick. And he's often like working with Johnny Marr from. And he's one of the best guitarists alive. It's yeah, so cool. It's pretty. It's pretty dope. And then he did, he did the Rock, and I love the Rock, and that's a great Michael Bay movie, The Peacemaker. As good as it gets, so that's a, a romantic comedy. So he's mixing up the genres. It was pretty much, you know, Broken Arrow, The Rock, Crimson Tide. That's pretty much the same. Peacemaker, pretty much the same drama. And then Prince of Egypt was a great score as well. We loved that movie. That was excellent. But I think with The Thin Red Line, that was his first really really special score. Yeah, he after just the, explored yeah. so many avenues of sound and of music. Every track on that album, it's like its own world, its own story. And I, some of those tracks, like Journey to the Line, yeah. is one of my top like 20 played songs of all time. That It's one of the most beautiful scores of all time. And I read in an interview that someone asked Hans if you had, if aliens visited Earth and you had one of your scores to show them, what would it be? And he said he chose the Thin Red Line. Yeah. And this was like a couple years ago. That's what I mean. There's so many different elements to it. And every, like I said, every track is like a different story. Mm -hmm. it's, it's epic. It's, and there's so many moods and, and, and he explores so many different things and I love it. It's an unbelievable score and it works so well at the movie. And then he did The Road to El, El Dorado and then 2000 Gladiator, which might be my most played album <laughs> of the last two or three years. Like this is, I listen to this at the gym all the time. Yeah, this and pumps he, me up. This is epic. Like the barbarian horde scenes and the battle and... Even when he tones the music down and it's not the action scenes, it's very beautiful. This might be my favorite Hans score, and especially because I listen to it so much, like you said, a few things pump me up more at the gym than listening to Gladiator, especially <laughs> the, the Gladiator theme. And 
but when you watch this movie, the score adds so much to it. And the score really sets the movie apart and made it the sensation that it was. And there's so many elements to it. It's such an incredible, incredible piece of music. Commodus's villain yeah, themes oh are my God. so epic. They're so, so good. good in this movie. It's, it's unbelievable. And I think this is where he really got into using a ton of brass with his movies. And, this, and uh, percussion. And so this is a big precursor to what would end up becoming like his 2000s, 2010s of using a ton of brass. Mm-hmm. And then we have... Mission Impossible 2, which is great, underrated. Great Spanish acoustic guitar in this film. It's really excellent. He has a live album where there are like two tracks from Mission Impossible 2. It's a great performance. And then we have Spotify. Sorry. And then we have Hannibal, which was made by Ridley Scott, which is an excellent score. I listen to it all the time. It's his first horror movie. Yeah, first horror movie. It's a classical score. It suits the character of Hannibal Lecter. And it's it's very it's similar to Da Vinci Code. It has a lot of similar elements and styles, but it's a sensational score. I really love it. And also the album on Spotify, they have a lot of the dialogue of Anthony Hopkins. So if you listen to it, you can hear the dialogue. That's pretty Super cool. creepy. And then 2001, <laughs> he did both Pearl Harbor and Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down is sick because this, I think, got him interested, I think, in the future doing video games because he did one of the Call of Duty it's games. It's so good, yeah. It reminds me a lot of Black Hawk Down. Yeah, he did a few video games, yeah. Um, Crisis is another video game he did. In, in the Black Hawk Down one, it's a lot of, like, kind of rock instruments, like guitar yeah. and stuff, but also throwing in a ton of digital and electronic elements at the same time. Yeah, and that's another Ridley Scott movie. He and Ridley have been a great pair. Like, you can compare it to him and Nolan. Mm. Him and Nolan, they have a great collaboration. I hope, I, I haven't looked, but I hope he's doing The Last Duel. Maybe he isn't. He might be, might have been busy for with uh, Dune for that. Dune probably took him a long time. Yeah, because that movie he did like three albums, and he just <laughs> in he released the the sketchbook album like a month ago, yeah. or not even a month ago, and then he just released the full Dune album, which yeah. I am not gonna listen to. I'll listen to the sketchbook one, but I don't want to. Uh, I listen to I'm it. Just too excited. <laughs> How epic is it? It's amazing. How many tracks is it? It's like uh, 18. Oh my God. That's there, pretty there's, sick. There's a bunch of five, six minute tracks. Hell yeah. It's great. Just inject that in my veins yeah. once the movie comes out. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I can't wait for, to watch the movie with it. But then the next score is one of my favorite Hans Zimmer scores. It's very underrated. It's The Ring. And this is his first collaboration with Gore Verbinski, who directed the Pirates movies, the first three. He also directed The Ring. And this is definitely. I think it could be the best horror score of all time. It's really sensational. It's really beautiful. It's really haunting. It's terrifying. It sets the mood for the movie perfectly. It's got an excellent theme, and um, it's so good. It's also his first major collaboration with Benjamin Wallfish, who, who became his protege and now is making a ton of scores his own as well. And then Tears of the Sun, another action-heavy horror movie. War movie. Matchstick Men. Another Ridley Scott movie. And then The Last Samurai, oh, yeah. which is... One of his top five scores, probably. It mm. is a beautiful score. The entire album, every song is sensational. And like you said, this is where, you know, he's really uh, showcasing the cultural music of whatever country the story takes place, like in Japan here. Japanese critics, when they heard his score and the music, they were surprised how accurate it was to their own cultural music. They were like, oh, wow, uh, this Hans Zimmer made this? This is, sounds like it was made by a Japanese composer. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then we have Something's Gotta Give, which is another rom-com. King Arthur, epic which, score, which is a great score. Antoine Fuqua made that film. Woe to Ruin is yeah. a sick track, dude. That I was I was a kid listening to that, and it was the best. It's a great, great score. Um, that is similar to Gladiator, but a little bit more um epic in scope and scale, less actiony, um, a little slower, but I love it. Madagascar, really fun score, and then we have Batman, Batman Begins. Begins, and now this is the first collaboration 
with James Newton Howard. So people might want to wonder why is Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard both credited for the Batman scores, the first two. What happened, because they're both amazing composers, James Newton Howard was an accomplished composer for a couple of decades himself. Yeah, he's one of the best modern classical composers out there. It's not like he was helping Hans Zimmer. So what happened was Christopher Nolan hired both composers because he wanted to craft music for both Batman and for both Bruce Wayne. And he wanted them to be made by different composers to really feel a difference in the character psyches. So that's why um, Hans Zimmer did the Batman themes, and then James Newton Howard did all the Bruce Wayne themes. But also very similar sounds in terms of them. Even though they're different composers with different yeah. scores, it's like very much in the same key and yeah, a lot well, of the yeah, same instruments. Yeah, they made it together. Yeah. You know, so it had to match. But that's why like the Bruce Wayne themes are more beautiful, very stringy. And then the Batman themes are very bombastic and very actiony. Yeah, this is one of my favorite albums he's ever done. Yeah. It's so good. Him and James Newton Howard here. Yeah. Then the Da Vinci Code, the music is better than the movie. It's it's so much better than yeah. the movie. <laughs> the, the main theme in is amazing. It's incredible. It's one of my favorite themes. It's like Cavaliers. Yeah, Day something. Chateau's Cavaliers Chate- or something. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I love the books, but man, the movie's <laughs> And then Pirates of the Caribbean... 2006 was his first credited Pirates movie with Dead Man's Chest. But technically, he made the themes for the first Pirates. Yeah, and then he also did The Holiday in 2006 and 2007. He did Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. And I'm just going to say The Kraken is like the most badass song ever. Kraken's in Dead Man's Chest. So yeah, in Dead Man's Chest. In general, (laughs) I'm talking about, you know, all... I love um, Multiple Jacks. No, no, Up is Down. Up is Down and At World's End is an amazing song. It's so good. And then Simpsons movie... He did a great job with that, especially with Spider Pig, Kung Fu Panda. Epic. Really terrific. It's so good. Yeah. It's comparable to Last Samurai, I think. So good. So good. And then Dark Knight, again, collaborated with James Newton Howard. He really brought in technological level revolutions in terms of what you could do with the score. He got very experimental. You know, things like when Joker's theme like that, that, that tapping, that's used with pencils. So yeah. he, just, he just got really experimental with what can I do with sounds. And, and also, also the, the Joker theme is that note that never ends. And he, he wanted to make something that it sounded like it was always rising. And it's this trick. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a trick in music where you're, you're playing the same note, but the way you play it makes it seem as though it's never ending. And so they used a, an electric cello to create this. And then that Joker theme, the, when it just gets louder and louder and louder, it's just unbelievable. One of the best parts of the movie is just hearing that theme. And then the Batman music to it as well. Those yeah. themes like A Dark Knight, yeah. Watchful, like that, that. Those tracks are so good. I'm Not a Hero. Yeah. It's a phenomenal album. Excellent. And then Burning Plane was great. Frost Nixon, he was nominated for. Uh, it's an excellent score. Terrific string work. Very, very string heavy. And I really like that. And... It really complements the movie really well. Angels and Demons. This mo- this score is epic. I love this score. He got really just like tons of choir work, tons of um, technology, synthy stuff. It's really fast, really energetic. It's got some great tracks to it. And then it's complicated. And then Sherlock Holmes, which we love. In 2009. I, yeah, I love Sherlock Holmes. The Sherlock theme is amazing. Yeah, the entire album, every song, like yeah. discompopulated. Uh, is it Poison Nanny? Yeah. Like all those tracks. But are just so the good. main theme is so. Yeah. I think it's one of his best dun, themes. So fun, excellent. He's master of themes, man. Yeah. He did the Pacific TV miniseries, and then another major one is Inception, and this is one of my favorite scores. Revolutionary album, and you know the sounds he created have been tried to be replicated by so many composers yeah. and filmmakers since. He changed music. Yeah, forever. The, these you tracks are so good. Forever. I mean. And it's a very up and down score. There's very like mellow songs. Then like Mombasa is just like a fast paced one. And, yeah. But what what was so great is that Chris Nolan wrote um, into the script that Edith Piaf song, which they used to wake people up, which uh, Arthur uses, and the the score the th- the main theme 
is that is that song the Edith Piaf song the percussion in that song of the brass slowed down so then so the, the percussion the the brass in that song is it goes like dun 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 and so the inception theme is because yeah. it's those beats slow down you really get a glimpse of that in the film during one of the kick scenes yeah where the music's coming in and starts to slow down and then you really bum, bum, bum. so he gets made fun of for the the brahms but it's inspired by the actual music in the movie and relevant to the entire plot of the film exactly so genius so don't wicked smart guy stop doing them dirty guys and then rango in 2011 which is overall just a great Great time. I love that movie. Another Gore Verbinski movie. And then Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides in 2011. Sherlock Holmes, The Game of Shadows 2011 was different, which I like, than the original Sherlock Holmes. It's a lot more bombastic. It seems like like a it's larger production. Epic. You know, I, I, I like it. it a lot. There's some really good songs in this movie. In this I movie. like it better. I like it's so great. It's, it's so epic. I think I like the first movie better, but I like the music in the second film better. Yeah, me too. And then 2012, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, I yeah. mean, Bane's themes the, and music oh my in this God. movie. The chanting. It's epic. That opening scene with the fl- with the plane hijack, those strings in that. You've never heard strings like that before. Gotham's Reckoning. Like, like he like really pushed what you could do with these instruments. You and know then he I mean? actually had people bring in, like, send in audio on the internet to put in the chorus yeah. of like, the deshi, yeah. deshi, basara, basara. So like thousands of people's voices were used. Th- that score is incredible. It's one of my favorites. I listen to it all the time. I use it when I work out a ton. and help. I use it when I... I do you work out <laughs> oh yeah i use it i listen to it when i do creative projects like it's really inspiring he did an amazing and this is he did it on his own because james newton howard saw that he and christopher nolan had a strong bond and that he was kind of like the third wheel in the tri- in the trio so james newton howard was like yeah i'm too i'm too much of a big deal myself to be the se- second fiddle to hans zimmer so yeah. he, he bounced from it and then the Bible in 2013, really great, which he made with Lauren Balfe. And then he also he did a bunch in 2013. He yeah. also did Man of Steel, which is a so super good. underrated score. And Unbelievable! How do you do a new Superman theme? Pulled it off. I think it's better than the old Superman theme. When you heard the music in the in the trailer, I was goosebumps. It was amazing. This album is huge too. Yeah. It's got to be like an hour and a half of music. It's so great. I listen to this still almost daily. So many good tracks. Tons of experimentation in yeah. this as well. And then Lone Ranger in 2013, which has some great, great themes. 12 Years a Slave is a beautiful and devastating score as well as film. It has some really great horror elements to it. Like the se- the entire sequence of of him being transported into the South, the music is terrifying. Yeah. It's horrible. And then the final track, I can't remember what it's called. It's called I think it's called Solomon. And um, it's very similar to Time, Time from yeah. Inception, which yeah. is easily his most popular song. For something like that, my guess is that Steve McQueen was like, I want something like that yeah. for this. And they they changed it enough where it's, yeah. it's not like copyright infringement or yeah. anything like that. Both similar effect. Yeah. And then Rush is a really excellent score. Again, better than the movie ended up being, but great use of electric guitar. And then Amazing Spider-Man. James Horner did the first Amazing Spider-Man, but then Hans Zimmer came out did something completely different with the second one. The electro themes are awesome. There's some really great, cool stuff in this. And then 2014, Interstellar, which is, I would say, my favorite Hans Zimmer score until Dune comes out. It's obviously. literally on your car every time I get always it. on. Yeah, I always we'll be driving a- to Whole Foods. Zimmer, he puts on puts on cornfield chase, and I'm like, bro, I don't want to get emotional on the way to Home Foods. Come hey, on, it's just a beautiful soundtrack. Every believe, song is use, exceptional. Yeah, the, the use of organ, it's an sensational score. It's, I think it's the best space composition. Yeah, of all I think time. so too. Yeah. Then 2016, he did Kung Fu Panda three. He also did Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, so it's pretty crazy. He's doing more Batman. Yeah, and then he did Inferno, which is the third in the Da Vinci Code saga, and this one's really cool because it is all electric and it's all it's all synth. 
So it's really badass. I love it. It's really tough. It's really intense. Then Hidden Figures in 2016 is very nice score. I think it complements the film very well. Yeah, Great it does. themes for the characters. 2017 Dunkirk is exceptional. So good. One of my favorite war scores. Supermarine. And, you know, throwing in the the like the beats P- BPM with the with the, the, mu- clock. the movie as well. Yeah. It's so good. It suits the movie really well. The oil. And then Blade Runner 2049. Oh my god, so good. I can't believe he made this in a few weeks. It's crazy. It was a last minute thing where Johan Johansson did the initial score, and then Denis Villeneuve uh, turned it down and rejected it, saying it, it didn't feel right. And then he hired Hans Zimmer, and then Hans Zimmer actually made it with Benjamin Walfish, and that's why Benjamin Walfish is actually a co-credited composer because he was very much a part of the process. And they made something so unbelievable in a few weeks. And just like how how could Villeneuve make a sequel to Blade Runner that's equal or better, which he pulled off? How do you do the music yeah. compared to the music from Blade Runner? The original, it's so unique in the sounds and the atmosphere that they created. It was revolutionary. Yeah, he, yeah. he expanded on that. They, yeah. they both did. It's incredible. Yeah, I really love the score. It's so good. And then 2017, Blue Planet 2, which is a miniseries documentary. Epic music. So beautiful. It's I listen crazy. to this all the time. It's, it's so it's, cool. It's very soothing. It's got some incredible moments yeah. in it. Yeah. Very uplifting as well. Yeah. Widows in 2018 is a really great score, too. Tons of great action tracks. Yeah. X-Men Dark Phoenix... All right, the movie's crap, but the score is really good. The the theme is awesome. And he also made, uh, he released another track, another album, which is just his experimentations with finding sounds for it, which is actually even better than the score is. And then he did the Lion King remake in 2019 yeah. that John Favreau directed and somehow did an excellent job as well yeah. by doing, you know, instead same of, thing. <laughs> I did another Batman. I could do another Lion King yeah. because I'm Hans Zimmer. It's the same thing, honestly. But like, the Seven Worlds, One Planet, again, another docu-mini series. Excellent job. Rebuilding Paradise, it's a documentary about the Paradise Fire in California. Really beautiful score. It's it's only six tracks, but they're really moving. Then SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. I was telling you about this. I was like, this is a dope, this dope, dope album. It's sick. It's really good. And then Planet Earth in 2020, a celebration. And then Hillbilly Elegy is very good. Wonder Woman 1984, I love this. I think that's one of his most underrated albums. It's so good. Plus his 80s synth album that he did that you can find on Spotify as well. But I love the Wonder Woman 84 soundtrack. It's really great. It's better than the movie. And it's, it's like... I love it so much. I just wish that when Wonder Woman learns to fly, that they had Hans Zimmer compose a song instead yeah. of using the. Uh, they did a cover. They no, they used the song from Sunshine. Yeah. Uh, John John Murphy's. Yeah, but Hans Dodge. did a cover of it. Yeah, so yeah. I wish that he they let him or she let him do his own song. It yeah, because when I saw that, it made me think of Sunshine. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it should have been its own thing. It's still cool. Yeah, but, but in the in the most incredible part of Wonder Woman's journey. I don't want to be think about another movie. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. of Killian Murphy the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> you always think about Killian Murphy. Yeah, I mean, he's a good-looking man. Those baby blues, the jawline. And now, his upcoming movies are just epic. So he, obviously, we've mentioned it a few times. He's coming out with Dune, and they've released some of the music so far. They released the feature film album, and then the the sketchbook, and then he also has a third album that he'll be releasing, which he says that you can listen to while you read the novel. And then he has well, not the novel. It's the um, make behind the, the scenes bu- the book, book yeah. yeah, which is like as long as the novel apparently. And then he has no time to die coming out. I heard like ten seconds of this, and I was like, "This is amazing!" I'm shutting it off immediately. He's finally doing a Bond movie, which like, I have been hoping. His version of the theme is so epic. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And he he made he produced the track that Billie Eilish is uh, doing for the opening credits. And then he has Army of Thieves, which is the same I wouldn't say it's a sequel but it's another movie in the universe that Zack Snyder created with um the um zombie one what's it called Army of the Army Dead. of the Dead and then 
he has Top Gun Maverick coming out. It's gonna be later sick. this year, and I cannot wait because he did the original, and it's gonna be epic. And I'm assuming he did the music from the trailer because it sounds really cool. Or that's definitely music from the trailer. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's so that's good. that's gotta be Maverick's theme. Yeah, it's gonna be epic. But like we like, I'm sure we're pouring affection over this guy. Like this we love guy, him. He's he's for me, he's the most influential musical artist in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I I listen to him more than anything else, and I love him his music, and I. I cannot wait to hear his new music and you know some of his albums are things that I still listen to for like the last 15 years I still have. Yeah, we're fanboys, we're gushing over him because you know what he deserves it. And even his live performances are so fun to watch yeah. on YouTube and he's got a couple live albums on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or Apple Music which I recommend checking out for sure. Yeah, and he seems like uh just a really passionate guy who loves what he does and really puts his heart and soul into his work. Yeah, so that wraps our bonus episode on Hans Zimmer. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check in to Monday. Are you going Thursday. Southern? <laughs> Monday and Thursday. Be sure to check in on We're Monday and like, Thursday. This is a back-to-back episode <laughs> night of filming, so make they sure to check out. Jibs. They took <laughs> Check out the other episodes we just posted this week. Jeez Louise. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye, Go Patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost Podcast to become a patron today and get this guy fired. <laughs> Bye. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.